Employee of the Month. Here's your host, Katie Lazarus. Welcome back to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. And in this episode, I sat down with Matt Sites. He is the editor-in-chief of RogerEbert.com and New York Times Magazine's beloved television critic. I also love his book, The Wes Anderson Collection, and encourage you to check it out after you listen to our interview, which was taped live at Joe's Pub. I would say that Matt Sites is a critic's critic. It's a terrible cliche, and I apologize for putting that into your ears, but the truth is, is if you speak with so many TV and film critics, they'll always cite Sites, <laughs> in part because of his encyclopedic knowledge, but I also think that his sort of earnest enthusiasm after all the years that he's been covering film and TV is so palpable. Maybe it's because he's a filmmaker himself and he gets how difficult it is to get anything off the ground and that compassion comes out in his writing. Or maybe it's because he's just so good at whittling down what works and what doesn't work in a particular production. I don't know. You'll probably know better than I do after you hear our conversation. Now, your family are all jazz musicians, your parents. Yeah, everybody in my family is a musician except me. So did, did, did journalism seem like a stable profession coming from a jazz musician family? Yeah, I was, I was heavily encouraged to go into something with that kind of stability, yes. Um, seriously. Yeah, no, really. I mean, <laughs> my dad, who's 72 years old, uh, Dave Zoller, he's a, a composer and pianist. He lives in Dallas. Uh, has successfully made a living as a jazz musician since 1962, which makes him my hero, and I hope everyone else's. Incredible. Wow. What is a a film critic? When you said, did you, I imagine when you were little, you didn't say, I want to grow up, I mean, were you complaining a lot, and they were like, maybe you should become a critic? (laughs) Well, it started for me when, do you remember Scholastic Book Club? Yes. Okay. Oh, I remember that. Right, yeah. Well, I ordered this book from Scholastic Book Club. It was about the making of King Kong, the 1976 King Kong with Jessica Lange. Oh, wow. And that was the beginning of it for me because I had no idea that movies were a thing that were actually made, that there were people who directed them and built the sets and lit them and all that stuff. And and that was kind of the beginning for me. Um, And from then, I just wanted to learn everything I could about movies. And And I got myself a movie camera and I made little movies in the backyard. I had dinosaurs and shogun warriors and stuff and I would lie on the ground and look up at the camera to make them look like they were big you know um, and it all continued from there and the result is I get to you know write about movies and television shows and sometimes I say nice things and sometimes not so nice um, well that, that'll be a good segue to talk about Wes Anderson who you wrote a wonderful um, collection of I'm actually going to have you pull out the book um, because it's, it is so heavy Was this so, you, so that you can nerds? actually use it to kill someone if you want it's to great. It's, it's yeah it's like Five pounds. I thought it was a way of of telling nerds that they need to strengthen their triceps. Um, It is a phenomenal book that I was so, so um, loved reading and saw your passion for him. Now, you were the first person to interview him or or write a... I I was. I was actually the first person to write a critical piece about Wes Anderson. It was 1994. His short film, Bottle Rocket, which was later made into a feature, was in the USA Film Festival, which is the big film festival in Dallas. And, and I was uh, kind of a completist, so I insisted on reviewing everything that appeared in the festival, including the shorts. And I saw a Bottle Rocket, and I thought it was really interesting, and I wrote a review of it, and I did a feature on him and Owen Wilson. And I had seen Owen Wilson because he was in the movie, and I knew that he was a young guy, but I assumed that Wes was like, you know, a 54-year-old community college professor or something. And I was shocked when he turned out to be the same age. But he's, 
as you can probably tell, he's a pretty talented guy, and he was ahead of his years then. Um, now that you've written this book, and I understand that you're writing more books to complement each film, because for, for folks who don't know, um, we'll go to the next slide of, of Royal Tenenbaums, but he's done so many wonderful films, and they're all incredibly detail-oriented, and now you're doing books um, to complement each film? Well, yeah, we don't have anything official to announce yet, but we're hoping to deal with each of his subsequent films and little supplements, sort of like the, you know, Encyclopedia Britannica in the old days, be like a slim, you know, volume that goes next to it or something like that. But I'm also doing other volumes, basically the same sort of design and size on other directors. I'm doing one on Oliver Stone next year, which is going to be a very different book. Uh, an X-rated book and probably really combative. <laughs> a light comedy. Um, do you ever, because you become so close to, to people like Wes, do you ever worry that you become too close to them and can't be objective, or is that just no one can really be objective? Who gives a well, shit? Well, no, I, I've, I've sort of eliminated that problem by only writing books about people that I'm kind of in the tank for anyway. Like, I, I adore Wes Anderson's work. I feel the same way about Oliver Stone, uh, Catherine Bigelow, Michael Mann. These are all directors that I just think are, you know, they've only made, they haven't made any bad films, in my opinion, only good and better. So I feel comfortable doing a book about them. That said, Oliver Stone uh, is, you know, as you know, he's very aware of history, including the history of his own reviews. And he has read every review that's ever been written of a movie that he made, including some of my negative reviews of his films. And he ambushed me with quotes from them. Hmm out of the blue, um, just to mess with me. Um, that's a good segue for um, what I was going to ask you about in terms of being an, at Vulture and, and New York Magazine. Um, you get a lot of feedback as a journalist when you write online. Um, and I had asked if you could bring something, perhaps one of the more absurd letters that you received in response to some of your writing. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of known for being perhaps a bit less genteel than some critics. Um, and my responses to letters to the editor in New York Press were kind of notorious. And, and yeah, there were a few that were pretty, pretty obscene, <laughs> actually. So let's hear from, let's um, have, have one of them. I, oh. I printed it out for you. Oh, okay. This is the one that I thought was the most... Uh, all right. Uh, oh, okay. This is a review from 2004. I reviewed The Passion of the Christ. Uh, <laughs> your review of The Passion was written by a Jew, obviously. This is to you, correct? This is to me. Jews just can't accept the fact that they did something bad once. <laughs> oh... They can't accept that more non-Jews died during the World War II atrocities than Jews. They want to have a monopoly on the sympathy so as to manipulate public feeling. And the major news organizations in the USA allow the Jews to freely spout slander and write libel, and never a word is said about it. Uh, maybe you should ask sites to visit www.supportmillgibson.com. Maybe you should watch it. If you can defend your Jewish slander after being presented with the facts, then you are nothing but trash, just like the author of this review. <laughs> and by the way, I am not writing to you... <laughs> this is my favorite part. <laughs> and by the way, I am not writing to you as a Jew hater. <laughs> I'm glad he established that. <laughs> I'm writing to you as a concerned American. And because of the fact that the author of the review took every cheap shot a Jew could take at Mel Gibson, if Jews wish to be respected, maybe they should start by showing some respect. Sincerely, 
Robert Jackson, Spartansburg, South Carolina. Mm. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, because you are not Jewish, correct? <laughs> I'm a kraut. <laughs> uh, Matt Zoller cites responds, uh, first, it may surprise you to learn that not everybody with a Germanic last name mm -hmm. is Jewish. My parents and my parents' parents are proud German-Americans whose ranks include Episcopalians, Lutherans, Jehovah's Witnesses, and members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> Go back and reread my original review closely, and you will notice a description of a painting of Jesus Christ that hung on the wall of a church I once attended. Second, fuck you, and fuck your piece of shit mother, too. <laughs> Now, you're now the um, head critic for, or, or editor-in-chief of, of RogerEbert.com, yes. and I wanted to find out how you got to know him. How'd you guys meet? I got to know Roger Ebert from, uh, he wrote me, I started this website called The House Next Door, which is sort of a clearinghouse for film and TV criticism, and I was the editor and publisher. And uh, Roger w had just started RogerEbert.com, and it was just a repository for his work, and he wanted to expand it and include the works of other people, and he wrote me to ask my advice on how to run a multi-author blog site. And uh, we kind of became friends from there. And it was primarily an email relationship. And uh, it, it was mostly, in a way, like, do you remember that Warner Brothers cartoon with the sheepdog and the wolf where they, like, punched the clock and everything? Well, that's what it was like, except with me and Roger. It was each of us were competing to see who could discover the most new talent. And Roger usually won because Roger was, you know, a cyborg from the future. I mean, because he you know. just writes so quickly so much and consumes so much. Well, and he also seemed to have a cloning machine in his basement, like I the guy it. in Multiplicity, where there were like 12 Rogers. There was like the film critic Roger and the journalist Roger and the TV Roger oh. and everything else. So anyway, so that's, that's sort of how it began. And I, I just imagine, I mean, when he was sick, he was writing so prolific. I mean, he was just so prolific at all times. Um, do you aspire to, to be like him? Well, I don't know if anybody could be like yeah. him. I mean, I think he was singular, but certainly, and I was saying this, uh, Life Itself, the documentary about Roger, which yeah. is opening next week, um, I went to this event last weekend at the Hamptons Film Festival, and we talked about it afterwards, and I said that I've seen the movie five times with an audience, and each time it inspires me again, and I always seem to see it at exactly the right point, because... Um, seeing him under those conditions continuing to be ridiculously prolific, like he kind of like this indestructible person, um, it's inspiring. And, and it kind of was a kick in the pants to me. Um, I don't know. I, can we even just go any further without saying what a warrior queen you are? Oh, thank you very, very much. It's very sweet. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's a, a good moment to um, tell you that I, I think of you as incredibly prolific since... How, how many... How many reviews do you do about in a week? Oh, God. Uh, probably five or six, generally. Sometimes as many as 12. It depends. Like, last week I had some kind of land speed record. There were, like, 12 or 14 pieces, but, yeah. That's nauseating. Um, uh, since I worry that you don't get out enough, I got you some vitamin D. Um, so that you could take home, take home with you. Um, and I was excited because I know that your family is musicians and I know you're a, a wonderful writer and I strongly encourage everyone to check out your reviews. But I was also thrilled that you were going to do something that you don't normally do, which is uh, sing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So without further ado, I would love to welcome you to the, the right. microphone over there. Please give a warm hand for Matt Dollar Sites. He normally only does this in the shower, so I'm quite grateful that he, yeah. he came out and would make a fool out of us. This is something that's normally only done as punishment for my children. all of you for listening. I love hearing from you, so please continue to get in touch at employeeofthemonthshow.com. And you can also subscribe on iTunes. Our next live show is September 18th at Joe's Pub with the legendary Al Jaffe, the heart and soul of Mad Magazine. I hope to see you all there. And either way, um, please tune in next week for a whole new episode. Thank you so much and have a fabulous rest of your summer.